May 26, 2023. So off for Pedro's show.
for Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. No, it's Friday. <laughs> I already blew a clam. <laughs> Last week was 22nd year Wap Pedro Show and shows you that doing something a long time don't eliminate all the clams, people. <laughs> okay. And you can tell probably because there's a different kind of laughter accompanying me there. Those software engineers in Stony with their Skype invention, I got. Brother Davis, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Thank yeah. you for having me. Now you were just on not too long ago with your compadres in the end of hope. Yes, with uh, my guitar player Ken Walrob. Absolutely, and you Which know he's been he's been, a, he's been a couple time guest of yours. I think three or four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you, you guys are getting pretty tight. Yeah, waiting for five and six, <laughs> and so you know I forgot to mention after. Uh, what we played to start off the show, uh, Mr. PC, Jimmy Garrison, and the bass solo. It's not the whole tune, but people. It's 10 minutes. I only fit in the bass solo. This is March 2nd, 1963, live at Birdland. And then we had Time Waits for No Man. Reign of, now let's see if I get this right. Zayas? Zayas. Zayas. Like Dr. Okay. Zayas. <laughs> yeah, that's right, of course. Stupid one. <laughs> Slow learner one. You know that, that, that what was one? Remember they film one where it ends on a boat with the baby, maybe the third one. Yeah, that it, was that was filmed in a that, shipyard yeah, in yeah. Pedro. Really? I wouldn't shit you, Davis. Of course it's not, but no, I I appreciate that's that's good knowledge. Okay. I, I appreciate Planet Eight. That's that, that's obviously what uh you know that band was kind of based off of. And he was uh, th- like they were divided by like orangutan, gorilla, chimp. Yep. Right. And then, then yep, that was that, kinda... was that was when that was when the uh, when the apes came back to the to the nineteen seventies. Okay, and, that's uh, right. There was a time they 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 entered back into our time. Right. Right. That was the third one with Ricardo Montalban. Right. That's right. The Corinthian Lesler man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How could I Fantasy forget? Island. Yeah, yeah, right, right. What kind of M and M's did Tattoo like? What's that? What kind of M and M's did Tattoo like? The plane. The plane. The plane. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it. You fucking I, I thought, stole my thunder. You know, stole my thunder. You know what's funny is I thought you were referencing a tattoo, and I was like, "How the hell did he know?" <laughs> I, have, I, my, I have a, a mural of uh, the original Planet of the Apes movie on my back. Oh. I'll have to send. I'll send. I'll send you a photo sometime. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> same mass uh, media kind of thing, except TV zone more than the movie zone. But uh, yeah, we're all referencing each other, cross reference. Look, let's get right. to your journey through music. Can you bring us your earliest musical recollection? Yeah. Yeah, man. Like uh, I grew up. My parents, neither of them were musical, but both listened to music. Uh, my dad was into old country, traditional country. Yeah. And, and my mom was the, uh, you know, the early rock and roll generation. Okay. And so she was into the Beatles. She was into all the old, you know, what, what I grew up as called the oldies and stuff like that. Sure. The same here. Yeah. And so, so there's always music on in my house. You know, I, uh. Well, in your pad there, was, was there instruments or was it just like listening to records and no. radio? Yeah. No, I was listening to the records. My first recollection of actually listening to a record myself is uh, uh, Ventures Out of Space. 
Oh yeah, that yeah, they... that record. Oh my god, that record scared me, but I loved it. <laughs> how did you turn on? How did you get turned on to it? My, it was in my dad's collection oh, of records. Thanks, Pop. Yeah, and and you know that's I guess because you said you for. said your mom was the rock and roller <laughs> and your pop was more of the yeah. But that just shows to go you that genre names are stupid. Music's music, so why couldn't yeah, you like exactly, Dungeons? exactly, yeah. exactly. But you know, and now and, you want to know how stupid so, we were. Me and D Boone thought they were actually called the Venturis. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> we heard about this band called the Ventures, but. <laughs> But they, but they, they were they they were definitely a huge influence on me, like musically. And what uh, about at school? Did, were you in the marching band or choir, shit like that? No, man, no, no. I uh, when I was in junior high, I had the opportunity to take lessons. My older brother, who got me into punk, who got me into you and Minutemen and all that, like he met you a few times. Oh. Um, where, where? Rest in peace, though. You know, was, this was my brother back in the day. He saw you back in Providence in the 80s. Oh, living room. No, no, no. You guys actually. Well, he did see you with the living room. Yes. Yeah, because it was high, it was this guy and his ma ran the place. They would cook your chicken. Yeah. Yeah, that place was great. The living room's where I grew up. That's I think he I, was uh, run I'm over. Exactly. I think Wes Heim was his name, and he got run over on a bicycle. I'm not sure. Yeah, me I either. Lost, but there's but a famous. I lost, I lost track of that scene years ago. It was by a si I, Samsonite luggage company factory downtown. Yeah, it had that fish eye, the living room. That's right, that the big bubble window, kind that of big window. Fish eye bowl yeah. window, yeah. Absolutely. And they they did all they did all ages shows there all that's the time. Right, that's and right, that's right. So when I when I was 15, my brother was going to see shows, and then he, you know, when I I got to tag along to one show and the first show that I saw was the descendants Whoa. on the uh I don't want to I don't want to grow up tour. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yep. the that's the second album. Yeah. We put out the first three yeah, albums. Yeah. Uh, Mine goes to college. I don't want to grow up and enjoy. Yeah, those are those are my favorite. Those are my favorite. Those Okay. So what was your first gig? They were, they were magic for me. Uh my first gig, uh, well that you me, saw, that you witnessed, some, not played, but saw. All right. First show I saw was uh, Molly Hatchet and Triumph. Triumph. They were like the Canadian what? ELP. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, they were kind of a, they were like a, uh, the Wish version of Rush. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> no, it. no, 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 no disrespect to Rick Emmett. Uh, of course, were, of course. Those, those guys were great. They were a fantastic band. It, another Canadian three-piece that rocked. I'm curious, but, how did you get on the bass? Um, that actually, I I played keyboard. Well, first my 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 first experience with music school is when I told I was saying I was my brother was playing Spanish guitar. I took accordion lessons. Whoa, your choice? And yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was I was a goofball. <laughs> I was like, I was super. I was the smallest kid in my class. I was like super undersized. I wrestled in my freshman year and I was like five pounds under the lowest weight class. I was like the littlest kid and I was like trying to hit the biggest kid, like prison style. You know, I played football and I was like getting knocked out cold every practice. Like, <laughs> you know, I was reading Rakim's uh, bio. He wanted to be a football player. <laughs> He's so little. <laughs> yeah. but but i thought I, I i thought i had something to prove i sure, like, sure. I joined the army i joined the army right out of high school okay i went i went into the army when i was 17 because i didn't have any other options it was either i was gonna no i had a couple or... buddies who did that 
You know, you know, these what, guys offered me. You know who that happened to was Ted Falcone, the flipper uh, guitar man. He's seventeen years old. Oh, he went yeah, to Vietnam right. twice because he he would have been homeless. He told me, and this is like late sixties. Yeah, this, this was in the in the late eighties. My father told me, like, as soon as I'm eighteen, I'm out of the house. I'm out of the house. I'm out of the house. He did. Yeah. He. I, I tried to go to college. I wanted to go to college. He laughed at me. He told me, who's paying for that? You know, and, <laughs> you know, that's a typical, typical what turns us to punk rock, right? Like, Be careful. That price of that wasn't. venture, that price of the ventures record was the incredible wisdom. Of, <laughs> like I know, I know. But, but, but like there was so much other stuff that no, was That's fun. right. Look, life is a, it's a mixed bag, right? And it's, here we are. Yeah, and here we are, right, you know, and, and right. so like I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm making up for lost time. I'm trying to do what I can now. But yeah, I, I played my first show. I played on keyboards. Okay. I played it. I played in. A, I so played you went from accordion to keyboard. Yeah, my friend and I. Uh, my friend event was a bass player. He played in. He was, uh, and I was trying to play guitar. And we were trying to do like a ventures surf rock band. We were starting to do like some. We were doing a walk do run oh, Apache. Yeah. Yeah, you know uh, a couple other tunes that I that I was able to learn on guitar, but then uh, my, my I got I moved into a new apartment. I had a second bedroom and I built a little lounge. This was kind of like the early '90s when lounge scene was kind of like starting to poke its head out. So yeah. I built a bar and I was a, I was a bartender. So I had a little after hours speakeasy at my house. Yeah. A friend of mine gave me a drum kit. Another friend of mine uh, brought over a Lowry Teeny Genie organ. Yeah. And I started play. I started playing the Teeny Genie. I started playing the organ. And my brother was playing guitar. We started doing Caravan. We started doing a couple other tunes. And we we're just like all doing it by ear, just fucking around. And I was yeah. having late night jams every night. My upstairs neighbors were heroin addicts and my next door neighbors were crack addicts. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> or there was like a whole crack. It was like a halfway house that, that yeah. was a crack house next door. This was like the rise of the of the whole crack generation too. Right, right. Not too and, healthy. And and so I could do whatever the fuck I wanted. Sure, to sure. Night, so nobody's calling That's the cops. That's the one on good me. point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so so I'm having these like I I would close the bar, go back to my house, yeah. and like. I would serve drinks for donations and we would have these late night jams at my house until like four or five in the morning. Whoa. And, and we were weeding out the dudes that could play or sure. not weeding them out, but like the dudes that could play and like our friends would start showing up on days that we weren't like super drunk at night. We would meet together in the afternoons and start putting together. And like all of a sudden we had a six long, six song set. We're like all instrumental. Um, then do you give this band a friend, name? Yeah, yeah, I'll get to that in a sec. Oh, okay. But then, so so the band that we had with the six songs that we had keyboards, guitar. But my brother had dropped out. We got another guitar player, which you you may know him. I'm not sure, but we had a guitar player, drummer, bass, and I was playing keys. And then I had another friend that was playing percussion, just doing like shakers and theremin and things like that. Sure. And then one of my friends came over, heard it, and he goes, "Hey." uh, we had tried out some horn players and stuff, but it just, none of it was working. And one of my friends was like, Hey, I play sax. Can I come over? And we we're like, yeah. And he came over and he had a baritone. Whoa. Barry. That was that. And he became kind of our front man, ring lead, ring master. And we made our show kind of like a circus show almost. 
it was called it was the first song that we wrote i was at an indian food restaurant all you can eat ate like 10 gulab jamans at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the thing because it was all you can eat there's a whole sure. tray of belly up jam, to the trough you know, <laughs> which is which if nobody knows that's a that's like a sweet custard ball that's fried and soaked in rose water and honey sugar syrup <laughs> delicious i ate like 10 of those i was so high on sugar listening to like indian music traditional indian music in the background i went home and i just wrote this song on the lowry on this teeny genie which had a secret function it had a, a foot pedal and if you push the foot pedal down and you push your foot to the left there's a pitch shifter oh and i was able to do these really weird middle eastern songs yeah and uh or like make this really weird middle eastern sound and so i wrote a song based on that and then my friend came over and i was like hey i wrote the song it's called gulab jamin and my friend was like that's our band name <laughs> okay and so that was it and we so we ended up making we made a sign like kiss the big like 16 by four or four by eight sign with lights light bulbs. In it that, yeah yeah we saw kiss when their sign was a light bulbs it was so little they opened for anyone we saw them with wishbone ash and savoy brown and the five-man james uh, gang with tommy bowling why didn't yeah, you I've, give I've me seen... why didn't you give me any of this music did you guys ever record so i was trying to get it in it, we we actually just got the tapes with within the last two months. I played a show with End of Hope up in Connecticut, and my friend whose studio recorded we recorded at back then. We did like six songs, five or six songs. He had the tapes, but didn't have a uh, one of the the kind of recorder. I can't remember the recorder he used. Yeah. He used an old eight track recorder. Yeah. He hadn't had a recorder for years, and this year he found one Great. and bought it. And my old guitar player, who, you know, his name's Andy Stackpole. He's a sound engineer. He's, like, really amazing dude. He's played, like, he. I grew up with him. Yeah. he's wor He worked with Bad Brains for, like, 25 years. Whoa. Uh, um, he's worked with with people like snoop he's he's work he works for wiz khalifa right now Whoa. you know so he's he's like the guy yeah yeah so he's he's got the he's got the tapes right now he's been able to get all the tracks except some of the keyboard tracks are a little bit deteriorated which are your tracks track on the tape <laughs> exactly and they were and, yeah but i i i he said he's got it. He thinks he has enough to work with, and he's been doing that. But it's also the summer and kickoff of touring. He's going out, doing a lot of. He's sure, been out sure, with Wiz sure. a lot, so so no wine so before when, it's time, right? But 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 so but, I'll have, you know. So that's that's my segue into. You're going to have to have me on again. Yeah, absolutely. The invites out Thomas right now. Let, let me play some music before we run out of time in this first hour because cool. you got some more Rain Isaias we got to hear some Delta City Blue.
Film rolling susceration. Spiraling, spiraling. 
sunny day No one seems to feel that way I'm on top of the world and the world seems to be upside down Oh, it's a sunny day But no one seems to feel that way I'm on top of the world and the world seems to be upside down Oh, whoa, oh
They threw me overboard. I sunk fast and far. Bones crushed by pressure. Now I made a voice. They sailed on over shark, over whale. As my skull gained a rest inside a treasure chest. Oh, Lord, she lives in the ocean depths. There's no holding back. I cry for my children. I cry for my dreams. I cry to the ancestors. My tears flood my screams. Where is my home? Where is my flesh? Is a watery grave the best I can expect? Oh, Lord, he rages in the cold. She foretells the secrets only to the bold. Oh, Lord, stores all of the gold. The skulls of the slaves who couldn't be sold. If you do one thing, come listen to me at the edge of the sea and hear me sing.
and the guitarist, we all still get together at time to time up at the uh, bass player's house up in uh, northeastern Connecticut. Okay. So time, uh, the we the bass player's brother has been sitting in on drums with us because the other drummer. What am I thinking? Uh, Northeast Connecticut stores is the school there? Yeah, yeah, Yukon, Yukon's <laughs> up there. Okay. Let, let's tell the people what they heard. Rain Isaias with Delta City Blues started that chunk off. Then a cat lives in New Haven, Connecticut. Great bass man, Doug Wimbish. Yeah, yeah, I know Doug. Actually, you know what? Andy works for Living Color for a long time. That's right. And, uh, met, That's, I, and Mark Stewart met, of the met, pop group. I met, I met Doug through Andy. Andy produced the album that came out in uh, 2004. Doug Wimbish, incredible. He could have been in uh, the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Oh man, he, he played with he played with Nick. Wow. He also he a long time Nick, was he played the, on mixed solo stuff. He played on some Madonna solo stuff. That's right. That he was stuff. on a mixed solo album. Legendary. But uh, Sugar yeah. Hill Gang with uh, 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 yep. Keith LeBlanc and Skip McDonald. Then we heard yeah. uh, Steve Dawson, The Crash Escape, Maxine Funka, Oblivion, So Carlos out of France, Sunny Day, Olakun out of I think Canada, Crossing to Safety. And then one more from Rain Isaias, fine then. <laughs> that's a great title. <laughs> it's like, that's what you come back with, right? Fine then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Have your yeah, say, Doug, have Doug, your say. <laughs> back to Doug Wimbish, the Tackhead stuff. Yeah. Uh, that stuff was great. Oh, Adrian Sherwood. That was, yeah, man. Right. The, much, much respect. But yeah, that, that stuff was great. I was, uh, Andy was doing sound for them back then, my friend. Andy Steckle, wow. and I, I was going to school for uh, for uh, television production, and I was doing video work for Living Color back then. Okay. Like I got I to play with them. Live shows and when stuff. I played with them, the, the bass man was named Muggs or Migs or something. Yeah, M Muggs Skelly. He was yeah. the original bass player. This I, was think, in, I think uh, he passed. This was in upstate. Uh, no, it was uh, the veterinarian school here in Cali, Davis, UC Davis. He did pass. Yeah. He was good. Everybody in that band could play like a motherfucker. Well, Vernon, you know, he's he knows how to put together a band. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's so, he's an amazing guy. Yeah. So in your and timeline here, what? Uh, you got your. It's kind of a prac pad, but it's also a hangout place. It's a yeah kind of studio. It's the the room in your bed. <laughs> yeah. So so what what develops? What evolves? So we started, you know, we started playing. We we played outside at this at a friend of ours has like an outdoor lodge, and he was putting together a show. And we opened that up with our six songs. And at the time, our drummer was on disability and didn't want. He he worked for the state of Connecticut, and he was he needed to get back surgery, and he didn't want to get noticed. So he put on a fake mustache and an afro wig, and so we all started dressing in outfits from you know. This is 94 or 95, uh -huh. I think. And we, you know, so we started putting on wigs and we started going to Goodwill and buying stuff. We found white tuxedos. And the cool thing about this band was that every stage show, it was like, if you had an idea, nobody said no. Okay. So it was <laughs> like, hey, man. I want to have a pile of eyeballs on stage. Okay, we go to Oriental Trading Company, get a get a bunch of eyeball balloons and have a pile. <laughs> hey, man, I, I want to bring this reading lamp and have an Elvis bust on top of my keyboard. Yeah, okay. And we Do all it. brought our own lamps on stage. And it was just whatever you wanted to bring. If, you, if you're just responsible for bringing your shit on stage, bringing your shit off stage, make sure it works. 
Yeah, that's that's the rule, right? No, no failure. <laughs> yep, yep. And and in that band, that's where I learned my chops. That's where I learned how to like not stop. What, the left mistake, hand also really. also the left hand's got some bass going. Look, we're right, gonna have to exactly, we're gonna have to exactly. pause. So I gotta hit the pause button because we're out of time. First hour, brother Davis. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> May twenty six, twenty twenty three. Dish Wap Peter show special guest Davis Sch- Schlachter. Did I pronounce that right? Very close. Okay. <laughs> no cigar. <laughs> Hold tight for hour two. May 26, 2023. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Watch for Pedro's show. Start off the second hour. Reign of Zayus with Deliver Me. Odd out of Texas with When the Chaotically Inert Transcends Into Van. Is that a title? Okay, Laszlo in the Hidden Strength with Who's the Market? Electric Blue Super Infinite out of Brighton, England with Management Meat. No, it's Electric Blue Super Infinite Transmissions, people. Don't cut them short. What? No shorts. Clothesline. Ah, that's another prod. Sleepless night. So now, eventually, you get to the bass guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I played it. I played in Gulab John, and that was about six years or so. And uh, we were mostly a live band. It was really showy. We, you know, like I said, we all wore tuxedos. I actually had, if you notice, my username is Crazy Robot Man. Yeah. That was one of my characters. Oh, one okay. day I said. I said, hey, would you guys mind if I played out as a robot? Nobody said, nobody objected. Okay. Oh, also one of our one of our practice rituals is we, we would always buy a bottle of Thunderbird for practice <laughs> and pass it around the room and drink a bottle of Thunderbird, and that's how we wrote our songs. <laughs> People, this is wine that's not fermented. They just put grain alcohol in some kind of, sometimes it's bright green or bright orange. <laughs> <laughs> it gets you fucked up, <laughs> and it's econo. But, oh, very econo, man. We, you know, and I, I, I was living. I the town that I was in is was Norwich, Connecticut. It's a old mill town that you know, like I was living downtown. The liquor store has the plexiglass. Oh know, yeah, kind of. I'm in SoCal here. We know, and uh, so so <laughs> your, your songwriting was fueled by Thunderbird. That's the word. That's right. Okay. What's the price? Bitty twice. But you said six years. So it does the arc. But you still yeah. hang out with these cats and stuff. But but this kind yeah, of. Yeah, I do. But eventually you moved to the yeah, base. So then, what made the move to the base? So, uh, well, our bass player moved to New York. And that kind of dissolved the band because myself and the bass player were like the primary songwriters. And when he moved, it kind of we just wasn't the, wasn't the same. Yeah. It happens. Um, so uh, what, then, what do you say? Yeah. Run it, run its course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For that, for its time, it had yeah. And the and the sax player had left. He had moved to the city. Whoa! I thought he you was know, the so, ringleader. Well, he was he was the he was our front man on stage. Yeah, and he did a lot. He did a lot of the like. Uh, he did a lot of the artwork for us. He did a lot of the like. He did. He put out a comic, just kind of like for like almost like a newsletter that we would send to our mailing lists and stuff. That's great. So what evolves? Uh, so he moved to the city and the bass player moved to the city. I took a break from music. I didn't play for a while. I was drinking heavily. Uh, I the, I wanted, I was renting my mother's family house and my father decided to sell it and finally got his chance to kick me out of the house. <laughs> and so Fuck. Sir, circle back to that story, but no, yeah. uh, just, Anyway, to make to I, I ended up the bass player was moving back to the back to Connecticut, had this apartment in Brooklyn that we were we would come in and use every once in a while. And I was like looking at looking for apartments in the town that I was in and there was the same price as a studio in Brooklyn. I was like, I'm out of here. And I moved to New York and I've been here nineteen years well, yeah, about twenty years now. And how long were you in New and York City before when, you got a base? I had a base. Oh, you already had one. 
I had one. I had because you know, you know, when you have a practice space, you accumulate all kinds That's of stuff. That's right, shit magnet. Right, exactly. And so I had all kinds of practice amps and <laughs> all kinds of shit jammed into a studio apartment. Right, and Crimey. and my and my my old sax player started coming over. Yeah, because you're both in the same town again. Yeah, and we and we started playing out. We were both playing guitar, and we were trying to start a like two X rock band, right? Like trying to start this like Iron Maiden slash Thin Lizzy kind of shred metal, and uh, we just couldn't find a bass player. And then the most horrible thing happened right before I got married. My brother passed away, oh. and my brother was my brother was a bass player. Yeah. Um, he played in a band called Motherfucker out of Denver. Oh yeah. And, and uh, yeah, he like I said, he he met you a few times. I have some. I have like his old Firehose records that have your signatures and okay. stuff. Okay. Like, yeah, late eighties. He, he was. Early yeah, 90s. man. It, yeah. But but like I said, he was a huge fan of yours. He was like emulated like you you know you're you're playing i have all his records i have all your old minute what used stuff, to break a lot of strings in those days yeah man i used to break and, a and lot so, of strings so i didn't when, mean to but i i played like a thug so i hope that didn't rub off on him too much oh no man you know and and yeah i don't i'm not gonna bring this down i'll well this is for another day this is about me today <laughs> okay but he inspired <laughs> but, you to get on bass but yeah, so so when I when I went out to Colorado, I after he passed, uh, kind of seal up, you know, close up his his uh, open ends, you know. Yeah. I had to go to his house and and put shit in storage, and and I couldn't find his base, so I had to go on a hunt. I went, I found it. One of his bandmates, his bandmate said, "No, he was crashing on this dude's couch over here," and I went over this dude. He said, "No, I think last time he jammed over at this guy's house." I went to like five different people's houses and I finally found his base. And when I, and, and it was a 79 fretless. Oh, wow. P-Base. Okay. With, and it's this crazy, like in the late seventies, Fender put out like a lot of really weird Frankenstein. Oh, I know that. They just got parts together. Really wacky stuff. So they put out this one with two sets of P pickups. Whoa. So it's double, double stack P. Okay. And it's fretless. It probably weighs and a ton. Oh God, yes! It's wood grain. It's ash. It's like it's it's like I think it's eighteen or twenty pounds. <laughs> so so I found it, no case, and yeah. I and I got it, and I brought it back to to New York. I you know boxed it up and shipped, had it shipped back, and got it here, and got it all tuned up and everything, and I started playing on it and got two bands together whoa one with the sax man yeah i was playing with the sax man we were starting a a metal band called murica okay (laughs) m-u-r-i-c-a perfect uh, perfect (laughs) during the w times i understand Uh, and then and then i ran into a guy I ran into a guy in Jersey. This is the weirdest thing. I ran into this dude in Jersey. Yeah. The my old bass player, when he was in New York, started a band with, with some guy from Jersey. Brought him back to my friend Andy's studio and recorded a song with this guy on vocals for a like a movie trailer that never went anywhere. It was like some movie that 
was supposed to star Keith David. Whoa. Like, yeah, there was, I saw the whole trailer and everything. It was called Hung Up, and it was supposed to be about this guy that always talks to his mom on the phone, but he, there's nobody on the other end. And he, like, kind of... And so we wrote a song for it. It was supposed to be like, hello, I love you. But <laughs> Oh, I just called to say, yeah, Lionel Richie, right? No, 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 The Doors. Oh, oh, uh, hello, I love you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I yeah, just called cause, to cause say like I love you. That's what I'm thinking of. That's the one you're thinking of, right? Yeah. Uh, Yours is dang, 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 So they wanted something like that, really choppy on keys. Right, and I'm right. like, ha-ha, that's my specialty. <laughs> <laughs> choppy, choppy on it, like sloppy keys. Yeah, yeah exactly. but with that choppy chop, let, let me, let's get to this chunk of music because we're running out of time. Brother Davis, we'll yeah. continue. Don't worry. This is a beautiful story.
Watch for Pedro's show. We're at the end of the second hour, but let me tell you, you heard Clothesline doing I See You. Electro Capra with uh, Breaking Empire. Cape Cod Cottage for Brendan Edder's Ensemble. There's Beauty and Darkness, Bombers Prent in 2022 from Audrey Goyanoff. And finally, Clothesline again with I Want to Know. Special guest, David Schlachter. Closer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, for hour three. <laughs> I think you nailed May 26, 2023, it's the third hour of the Watch for Pedro show.
It's deja vu all over again, people. Start off the third hour. No Faith, Clothesline, Transverse Dust from Galea, Shiroshi, Sakura, Skrawazowski, Skrawazowski. I don't want to fuck that up too bad. Vedman, Zappa, 2019 to 27, Svetlana Maris, Diane Marie Kloba with Focus and a Hope. Seed and Decision. Take it, Brother Davis. All right. So, yeah, we were, we, uh, were asked, you know, this guy that was in a band, Matt, with my bass player, he asked us to do this song. We produced the song, wrote it, everything at uh, in Andy's studio. And then, uh, then it went nowhere. Ed moved back. That band broke up. And I just ran into that guy, Matt, one day in the Lowe's. And my wife didn't know him. My wife and I are just walking through the lows, and we're just in the middle of Jersey, like Bergen County. And I said, I know that guy. And she goes, no, you don't. We're in, we're in the middle of Jersey. You don't know this guy. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Watch this. And I, and I called his name, and he turns around, and we started a band. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what are the odds of that? <laughs> and so so we recorded at my friend Andy's. I I lost those recordings i have to find those somewhere but that band was called cola dare okay and the guitar player from that band and my sax player the band murica my guitar player from uh cola dare joined murica yeah and and that evolved into rain is as okay okay now because the the so the the band murica was my sax player it was his idea that was like his name like he right. came up with that and it was his idea and then he he had a, he started having a family and kind of backed out of the music scene and more into going to school to career path and et cetera et cetera. And uh, so we were just about to put out a couple. Uh, what, that one song, "Find That," is on a uh, uh, EP that we recorded back in 2011. Well, and that, yeah, and so that. That one we recorded, and then the singer left, and uh, you know I have been sitting on the recordings for the last twelve years because he didn't want me to ever use them. But I'm like, change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so did you guys? So if you get a, if you get a cease and desist, that's my fault. Yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll defend <laughs> your honor. Now, did this band tour? We did the the Northeast, you know. Ah, we did, we did uh, New England. Yeah, New England. We did the Jersey, the Philly. Yeah, you know, we played up in Boston. We Boston a bunch of times, Connecticut all the time. And then uh, this this clothesline. Yeah. So so Rainazaeus was a rotating class cast the characters and then in you were the 2000, core who, who else was the core me just you i'm the only one that's on every record on all the recordings yeah so i start from beginning to end uh yeah. recently i've been getting to recently i've gotten together with the original guitar player and drummer that's like the dave brock of hawkwind <laughs> right right yeah i'm the only the only original right like the og, the OG. but so so while uh that was going on in 2018 it, like around then it got really busy because ken hit me up 
wanted to do something. Well, that's, Motorhead, that's Black inter- Flaggy. That's, I'm interested in that. How did you run into him? We he was in Eternal Black and Rain Isaias and Eternal Black used to play together. We were like You shared you the know, shade stage. We we were we we played shows a lot together in the in local. So we you know, when any Doom or metal shows would come in, it would be us two. You know, we would be the openers, then Ken, then whoever okay. from out of town coming in, right? Or we would bookend. I'm a little curious because we Ken told me about that scene. He said it was pre- pretty interesting, this kind of a, what, what would you call it, doom? Uh, what was the yeah, venue? Yeah. You know what I'm curious about, Davis? What were the venues? Yeah. What were the venues in this day? Um, so I, I was I was booking a lot of shows back then. Back then I was I was booking at Hank's Saloon. Hank's Saloon. It's on a, a, a Atlantic and 3rd in Brooklyn. Sure, sure. I w- I was doing show. I was setting up shows at Matchless in Williamsburg. Matchless, right, right on McCarran Park. Yeah, I was setting up. I was doing Metal Monday nights at the Grand Victory. Okay, Grand Victory. Yep, and then I was also working with uh, the guy Walter that did Trash Bar. Okay, Trash Bar. So all, all and that, that was in Williamsburg as well. So because there was, I did, I, did, there was I forgot really to decent... ask him. I forgot to ask him exactly where the scene kind of existed. You know. Okay. Yeah, there was a lot of that, and then you know there were there were like a Arlene's Grocery had a couple shows here and there. We would play Bowery Electric here and there, you know. But what a lot of it was was those Hank Saloon for me, and that's where I was putting up a lot of stuff because when I was first doing shows there, I started when I first moved to New York. I was uh, hanging out at Hank's a lot because they had Sunday night honky tonks. Yeah. With a with with a Weber grill out on the fucking sidewalk of Atlantic Avenue, and they were at free free hot dogs and hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get them, <laughs> and and never recover, right? So it was right. a super super dive bar, cement floor, all painted black. Like just they had to move the pool tables, you know, like the it, it was like the Blues Brothers, you know, <laughs> Blues Brothers, good old country, like that kind of yeah, sure. vibe, right? Hank on the jukebox and flames on the outside of the building so and so, i started putting on shows there i started i started doing guitar barbecues okay and that's where you meet ken and then ken drafts you into his band but at the same time what clothesline yeah. develops yeah yeah so my my good friend the guy that did the planet of the apes tattoo on my back <laughs> moved from connecticut <laughs> he moved from connecticut to jersey and he had a project that he had some stuff that he, him and his brother had recorded. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to kind of revive that stuff. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And we started doing it. And I brought in the drummer for Zayas. And we, like, weren't, we couldn't get any of that stuff recorded. So we just started writing new stuff and just went in a different direction. And that's where Clothesline started out. It was the drummer Zayas, me, and the guitar player. So a power trio. Yeah. And we were we were trying me and the guitar player Jake were trying to sing and I was not you know, it just was we weren't we weren't it just was like we we thought we realized we needed a singer. That's where I'm going. Okay. We would be we would be better suited with a standalone singer or someone who can play rhythm guitar or something like that. In the name of the band, is it from the football move? Yeah, the the cross well wrestling, the cross arm. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Also wrestling, right? Yep, yep. 
And we, yeah, we do a lot for of best listeners out there stuff. that might be out of the country, don't know U.S. Uh, sports so much. Yeah, you just hold your arm out straight and you knock fucking people <laughs> over like bowling pins. <laughs> that's so, yeah, that, we, that's we what came that. to my mind, Brother Davis. As soon as I read that, it was like, I know what kind. You ain't talking about hanging up the <laughs> Levi's in the flannel. <laughs> no. No, sir. <laughs> okay, what was the first clothesline gig? Did you actually try some gigs as a trio before you went for another cat? No, no. We just we, we we decided to get the singer early on. Once we had like three or four solid song ideas, and Jake writes the guitar player writes a lot of the lyrics and stuff for for the singer. And so Brain Isaias, like like I said, was a result for like. 12 years was a revolving cast of characters yeah. where, and we went through singers like spinal tap went to drummers <laughs> yeah. As, there's a there's a different singer on each one of those recordings you know it kind of sounds that way <laughs> <laughs> so so the the last guy he had sent me uh, a recording and said he was interested before but I, but I got the email after we had already agreed to this one cat. Yeah. And so we brought, we brought this one cat on, the guy that did the Delta City song. Yeah. Renee, we, we brought him on as the singer. And then since we needed a singer from Clothesline, I was like, wait, I got this cat in my back pocket. And I called this other guy, John, and he came yeah. to Clothesline. Okay. To the rescue. And he, and he, did, he did one of the Zaya songs, too. He did the... Uh, uh, which one did he do? The uh, probably later stages. Time waits for no man. Okay. Time waits for no man. Now, well, that's the one we started the show off with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna play a song here. End of hope. Nobody cares about your band. I think I played this one <laughs> when Ken was on. You did. You did. <laughs> but it's so good. Let's have round two. <laughs>
Spot for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. Start that chunk off with End of Hope with Nobody Cares About You, Man. Gary Lee Connor from the Screaming Trees. This is a solo stuff, Truth Eater. Erica Don Lyle, she's on her solo guitar there. And then End of Hope, Behavioral Modification. So, now, clothesline, how long ago was the first uh, gig? 2000. 2018, we played our first gig. Yeah, 2018, 2019. So five years with a little pause there because of the situation. And so is the ongoing concern right now, clothesline? Right now, um, End of Hope is my, my, you know, we have the new record out. Right, Uh, right. I'm uh, I'm also working on another project with Ken. Okay, with, with Heretic. That, that's interesting. With End of Hope, because I always thought it was all Ken's material, so you contribute a lot of that. Yeah, actually, uh, the song that you played, the uh, Seed and Decision, is, yeah. is a, a bass line I sent to Ken, and then he you know, worked it with his guitar and sent it back, and we do some of that sometimes. A few okay. songs on each record. And, and with Clothesline, who does most of the material with that? Or is it another collaboration? Uh, a couple, some of the songs are just uh, organic, but then um, the most of it is Jake, the guitar player. Oh yeah, you said he writes a lot of the lyrics, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and and what, it, like you said, Ken sent you. So is there a lot of people make each other demos or just riff ideas or maybe voice memo thing? Uh, what's your composition? Look, Little, it's a you know a little column A, column B, but um, the the pandemic really, really transformed the way that we work. And Ken and I realized that we work in similar ways. Yeah, in you know in similar formats and similar like we get each other's styles and you know kind of so. If you, I know uh, when Ken was on one time, he played you played some of the swarm of fly stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that, that's what that, he was like. Yeah, writing. Nice. He was also writing books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because he was home, you know, we were all home. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. I, 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 had, I had a pretty severe mental break in, in uh, 2020. I went out, you know, I left my job on disability. I, I broke down. I, had, I was diagnosed with PTSD and I've been getting help. And I've been in like, psychological programs to get myself back to like a place where I, I even can talk to you. You know what I mean? I was like, sure. Can I ask you if if music helps? Absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I was going to say is that Ken with the swarm of flies thing and with us writing the, writing the, uh, our second album, the, the, for end of hope, you know, the pushback is strong writing that album we wrote half of that remotely okay and you know so he helped me a lot and you know and having davy gunner he was a big support for me during the pandemic we would meet and like work on lyrics and do stuff together and like i did a lot of back on background vocals with davy and you know on the on our two albums i and live i do all the backing vocals on the end of hope stuff Michael Anthony. And, you know, yeah, no, no, people, you know, people, funny, our, our, people our, always making fun of that guy, right? But I think he was fucking key money for uh, fucking Van Halen. He, dude had a golden voice. 
because he because he always hit he always hit. And where you, he you, you to. talk about your pop and country. Buck Owens had the same thing. He had a cat who would come in with that high part for the chorus. I got a tiger yeah. by the tail. Yeah, yeah, it's a good trick, man. Yep. Good oh, I love that song. Good technique. <laughs> so I asked you about that because I have some tough times too, and it seems like music is a fucking lifeline. It is. It is. It is. It's what you know. And and I actually during the pandemic, you know, while I was on disability, and I'm still on disability. I'm still working through a lot of things. Um, I, I, I do trauma therapy and executive functioning and all kinds of like different kinds of things to get myself, you know, at least back to a baseline, you know, but, um, yeah, music is, I, I upgraded, I got, I actually like got logic instead of using garage band. I, I upgraded my interface. I, I got keyboards. I bought, like got a synthesizer and stuff and I'm getting myself back into like immersing myself into music. Is there like, Just a, cause it, it, it is my happy place. Is there like a man alone? Davis Schlechter Proj? I'm actually, I, I, I have, I have a, studio in in brooklyn a rehearsal studio that i just signed another year lease on and i i haven't had it set up to record um just because i've been i didn't have the time and things but now i do and i'm gonna set that all up and start putting something i'm putting something together because a lot of cats i have on that get into the electronic music it seems it kind of yeah you don't need as much like the old uh idea of a bass drum and even though you come on, I'm prejudiced, especially towards bass. But to me, music's anything that gets in, shoved into the fucking ear hole, right? So the way you make it, you know, whatever your means, right? You, you make use of what, right? It's all vocabulary. And I, I mean, I think what I want to do, I want to do like the uh, that first solo McCartney album where oh, he did yeah. everything himself. I remember that one. Yeah, I want to, I want to do something like that where, where it's just. Me, I go in, I record the drums, even if I just patch. Can you can you, you play know. drums? No, I, I can hold a basic beat. Because I, I heard I'm, that was I'm, a technique that uh, Dave Grohl used, Prince used, Stevie Wonder used. They start with the drums. Right, that's what I'm, that's, that's what, I, in my mind, I'm like, that's what I need to do. Because that's what I, we do in the studio every time, is you always start with the drums. Okay. So, so I know when I'm more productive at, when I'm more productive at home is when I lay down like a canned beat or something like that. That's when I can write better. Sure. Sure. Music. You know, so even much. Just a, even just a click, even just a click behind me. Uh huh. Yeah, sure. Cause music, that's a huge component. I think, you know, I'm reading all these books on John Coltrane, like three components is rhythm, harmony, and melody, but especially mm-hmm. rock and roll. Come on. So much of it is rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what, you know, working with the drummer from end of hope, Dave Richmond, he, he's yeah. um, amazing. Like he's been a fill-in drum, he's a fill-in drummer for the band Les Zeppelin. Yeah. The yeah. A, <laughs> so he's a John Bonham student. Oh God, yeah. He he. Actually, they asked him to play. The the agent for Les Zeppelin called him up and said, "Hey, uh, they're going to do physical graffiti in Pittsburgh. Can you do that?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll do that tomorrow." Fuck. Like front to back, he, yeah, he'll play. He did uh, heavy metal karaoke, heavy metal and punk rock karaoke at Orange Grocery for like fifteen or twenty years. Okay, some some cats got dude, the technique. <laughs> dude, dude, he can play. He can play any rock song, any punk song. Like he's 
so much flavor. That's fucking happening. To have cats like that where you can just give them the tap tap and they can bring. Fucking bitching. Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and I've learned so much. I've learned so much, like, especially to, like, really listen. Yeah, yeah. So, what, what's going on right now then is stuff with Ken, this man alone stuff with the, the new equipment. And also, yep. clothesline's still an ongoing thing, right? Clothesline, we're, we're a little sleepy. Okay. Um, for the reco- for the recordings, we have the drummer from End of Hope. He sat in and because the uh, during the pandemic, Zayas, everybody moved out sure. out of the city. Sure, drummer moved to Boston. The guitar player, one of the guitar players, moved to Austin, Texas. I'm going to play with the and drummer so from they, Austin next week. I'm, uh, Thor Harris. He's going to come to Pedro next week, and he's got these dub went, projects. Oh no, wait, my bad. He went to Houston. Wrong, the wrong. Not the right, not the cool town. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There's Lightning Hopkins was from Houston. Uh, fucking Billy Gibbons. Yeah, yeah. Houston, ha- Houston has some. Yeah, has there's some, some cool, good, yeah, some, some good cool people. Houston, good yeah. people from everywhere, right? So also absolutely some, some dicks, absolutely. some dicks too. <laughs> it's the way that life is. It distributes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, look. But yeah, we're I'm we're really, hoping we're hoping to get that stuff going. You know, the, at least me and Jake are gonna. Yeah, I said I'm looking forward to this to see what happens because, you know, things evolve. And when you bring in the different flavors or different people, it's the different flavors. Exactly. And and I like mixing and matching, you know. Right. So, look, then we next time you're on, we got that old stuff that you you found recovered. And then we got this new stuff. I can't wait. Yeah, man, I got more stuff. I'm always I love to create. man. It's bitching. Beautiful. Beautiful. Such an honor to have you on. Truly, and can't wait to have you back. We keep on keeping on, right, Brother Davis? Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you so much for Absolutely. having me on and let me let me talk my mind, you know. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's inspiring for me, okay? I'm going to do a benefit awesome. tonight for, uh, who's that cat who played guitar? And, uh, Neil in uh, Royal Trucks. He, bad situation. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we're tr- going to try to get some bones up for him so he can get some help. And, uh, in oh, Den- cool. and by the way, in Denver, isn't that a trip? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, can't wait to have you. If any of the old uh, motherfucker fans are there, hey, Fred's Fred's with you guys. Okay. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm going to do it here in SoCal, but uh, this is where Neil is right now. Uh, So look, uh, I can't wait to have you back on. Thank you for so much for making time for me today. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep on keeping on. People, it's been May 26, 2023 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.